I'm Tina Desiree Berg, and welcome to The 34. Wow, look at this place. Cedar Rapids. All they promised me was Crunchberry. Look at this. This is incredible. Give yourselves a big round of applause. This is one of the... This might be the largest. I've been here in Iowa now. This is day 11. Day 11 for Bernie. And... This might be our largest crowd. This is incredible. Wow. Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids made it happen. Thank you very much uh, for, for being here. And I, I just want to say that uh, we are so close now. We're 48 hours away from finding out what Iowa is going to do historically. The historic night this Monday night. The history that can be made here. You did this in 2008. You did this. Everybody said Barack Obama couldn't win. It's not going to happen. And Iowa will never vote for Barack Hussein Obama. You remember that? And look what you did. You made history. In 48 hours, I believe you are going to make history again with Bernie Sanders. Iowa. I, um, it's so amazing to see to see the wealthy, the 1%, going crazy on TV this past week. They don't know what to do. They never expected this to happen. Here we are just before the Iowa caucus, and Bernie Sanders is number one in the polls in Iowa. Number one. Number one in New Hampshire. Number one. Number one in California. And now, this morning's poll, number one across the entire nation. It's amazing. Just the youth vote alone, the young adults, 18 to 35, he's polling at 52 to 56 percent of all young people. According to CNN, he is now number one amongst non-white voters across America. He has the highest approval rating of anybody running for president in 2020. More people love Bernie than anybody else. But you know, this really isn't, it isn't just about the numbers, is it? It's about the heart and the soul of the things that we believe in. The America that we still believe in. The America 
the America, I say this all the time, I said, I believe in the America we've yet to have. That's the America I believe in. I believe we can still make the promise real. But one thing you hear, and he'll be out here in a few minutes. One thing I've heard all across the state here over this uh, week and a half is out of Bernie, the words constantly in every town, in every speech, love and compassion. This is what he's talking about. Love and compassion. And it's funny, when you watch the, the sound bites of the evening news after these rallies, I never see that bite of love and compassion. But obviously, anybody who stands for the things that he stands for and the things that he's going to do as president, it's all about love and compassion. If we want to... When you say that every single American should be able to see a doctor and go to the hospital and never have to be in debt for that, never have to lose their home, never have to go bankrupt, that is an act of love. That's an act of love. When we have a candidate that says we are going to stop locking up our black and brown people across this country, that is an act of love and compassion. When we have a candidate that says, you young people, after you graduate from college at the age of 22, you should not be thrown into a virtual debtor's prison where you have to work to pay off your debts for the next 30 years of your lives. That is wrong. That is wrong. And it's an act of compassion to say, you shouldn't have to do this. It's an act of love to say, if you've just given birth to a baby, if you've brought life into this world, you, the mother and the father, should be able to have some time off so you can help raise your child and not have to worry about it. That's an act of love. When you say, as we have with Bernie saying, that $7.25 an hour is immoral. It's cruel. $15 an hour at the minimum is an act of love. You go down everything he believes in. Where does this come from? Where did he come up with this? Last year? Four years ago? No. Seven Super Bowls ago? Just watching the Super Bowl. Bernie's just watching the Super Bowl. One day he goes, you know, got to thinking. Women should be paid the same as men. No, he's believed in all of this for four or five decades. Decades. And not, and not just believed in it. He's fought for it. He's fought for it. Go online. You can type in the name Bernie Sanders arrest. He was 19 years old. He's in college. And he goes to a civil rights demonstration in 1963. 
And he is being arrested at this civil rights demonstration. And the police have locked onto both of his arms. And he clearly didn't go to the civil disobedience training where they tell you to go limp, you know, and then the police will take the little zip ties and handcuff you with them. Here's, look at the photo of Bernie. He's fighting the police. Let me go. 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 I don't know if he actually talked like that when he was 19, but it's possible. 1963. 1972. Three years after the Stonewall Rebellion. Three years. That's all. He writes an op-ed on gay rights. The term doesn't even exist then. The term doesn't exist. He writes an op-ed that says... No one should be discriminated against if they are in love with someone of their same gender. 1972! Nineteen sixty-nine, three years, four years before Roe versus Wade, he writes another op-ed saying that the government has no responsibility or role in interfering with a woman's right to choose. 1969! He has been so far ahead of the curve through his entire life. He has stood for the things that are right and just long before other people catch on. When he was mayor of Burlington, Vermont, I believe this was 1985, he held the first gay pride parade in Burlington, Vermont. When he was mayor of Burlington, he walked the picket line with union members, with nurses and teachers and others who were on strike. That's Bernie Sanders. He's been this way his whole life. He was asked in Dubuque two weeks ago. Somebody stood up and said, well, don't you think you're too old to be president? And <laughs> just as a side note, I hate this question because let me just point this out. Nancy Pelosi is older than Bernie Sanders. Is she too old? Let's stop this. It's an old question. Here's what's too old, that question. Denying climate change, that's too old. Women not being paid the same as men, that's too old. Not having daycare, for our children, that's too old. But Bernie, Bernie answered the question. He said, well, you know, what you get with somebody at this age is somebody who has a lifetime, a record to show you what I've done and what I've stood for. A very long, as I've just described, this record that goes back to 1963. That's who he is. And... And then he also added something to the effect, and those of you 
any of us with grandparents. He said, plus the other good thing about being this age, I can promise you, I won't change. He can't be bought. He will not sell out. The Bernie of 1963 will be the Bernie of 2023. That's who Bernie is. It's, I have to say this, and it really, it struck me yesterday. Man, I was, uh, where were we? We were somewhere near Des Moines. And, huh? Clive. Clive. That's the name I wish my parents had called me, Clive. I was in Clive, Iowa. And we found out that the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, they had decided to change the rules as to who gets into the debate. And they did this because they're so nervous and worried about Bernie. There's a story in Politico today how some members of the DNC met today to discuss how to stop Bernie Sanders, how to, how to let the superdelegates, remember them? Yeah. They're going to try and figure out a way to have them vote on the first ballot at the convention. We have to stop this. This can't happen. But the worst thing was they changed the rules of who gets in the debate because they thought the way to stop Bernie is let's bring Mike Bloomberg into this. So they removed, they removed the rule that requires you to have enough donations, small donations, even a dollar, from enough Americans to show that you have some support. Otherwise, other than 27 people on the stage, we'd have 227 candidates on the stage. So it's a very small, you just a dollar, and, and each time it's been a few more thousand that you have to have these donations from. That's it. But because Bloomberg doesn't have a single donation from anybody except himself, he has bought his way. They've changed the rules to let him into the Nevada debate where he doesn't have to do what everybody else had to do. This is everything we have fought against our entire lives, right, folks? This is, we forgot, yes, our main opponent is Donald Trump and the Republicans and all this, but we have a 1% in our party, too, and they think that they can buy their way with their billionaire onto the stage. And I'll say this right now, after watching the all-white Iowa debate, the fact that they would let Bloomberg into the next one because he's got the cash and not allow Cory Booker and Julian Castro into the Iowa debate. They don't get to debate, but Bloomberg does. This is wrong, my friends. We must speak out against this. We must not allow this to happen. This is absolutely wrong, and I just, I'm like so disappointed. Maybe they'll change their minds. Maybe if they hear from enough of us, they'll do this. Let them hear you right now. Come on. But I really.
Bernie, Bernie, who has the most, most number of donors across the country, the most, the most volunteers of any campaign across the country. And now, the story last night, uh, the candidate who has the most donations from our active service military members, our service members, our active duty military, the candidate with the most donations from our good soldiers and airmen and women and sailors is Bernie Sanders! Because they, you know why, you know why he has the most donations from our active duty military? Because they signed up, they volunteered to give their lives so that you and I don't have to. Is there any greater gift a human can give another human than to do that? To say, I will die so that you don't have to. And all they ask in return is do not put them in harm's way unless it's absolutely necessary for the actual defense of this country. That's it. That's all they ask for. That's all they want. And they know from our past history in these last 20 years that whoever's in the White House, in the case of especially, as we know, George W. Bush, they will be sent to wars that are unnecessary, immoral, illegal, and wrong. Bernie Sanders, they know, will not do that to them. Bernie Sanders will not put their lives in jeopardy. I think this is the first time someone running as the Democrat has achieved this number of the most active duty military donating to the campaign. How powerful is that? Oh, yeah, Mike, but Mike, he's a democratic socialist. He's a... <laughs> yeah, so is Franklin Roosevelt. That, that's why they didn't have that name back then, but that's why they called it social security. They just cut the ist off. There's no ist. Social security, unemployment compensation, all the things that Roosevelt did to make sure that people had a seat at the table and a slice of the pie. That's all what that is, democratic socialism. Make sure everybody has a seat at the table and a slice of the pie. Is it that hard? Can we not do that? It also means, if somebody asks you, what does this mean? It means that the rich man will have a harder time getting into heaven than the camel will have passing through the eye of the needle. You ever hear that before? It means that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. That's democratic socialism. Those were the beliefs I was brought up on. I remember a story being told to me. I remember a story being told to me that when this person who espoused these beliefs 2,000 years ago, he was giving a, a speech on a hilltop. There were about 5,000 people there. And uh, nobody brought a food truck. There was, there was no place to eat. But there was a guy with a basket with five loaves of bread and two fish. And so J.C. said to him, uh, 
People are going to get hungry here. Can you just start passing out pieces of the fish and the bread? And the guy said, well, all I have is this. And JC said, well, it'll work. Just start passing it around. And somehow it made it all through the 5,000 people and everybody got a piece of bread and everybody got a piece of fish. That's called sharing the wealth. That's called redistribution. It's called democracy. It's called freedom. If you need to explain that to someone in your family, explain it that way. I want to close by saying there are two ways to go here this year. Trump's way or Bernie's way. And you say, okay, well, Mike, what well, we in Bernie's way, how, how's that going to happen? Because uh, Bernie, you know, how many times have people say, I like Bernie, but, you know, can he win? Can he win? In every single poll, Bernie beats Trump and usually beats him by a higher margin than any of the other Democratic candidates. Let me just... Let me just... Let me quote... Oh, let me quote a few of these polls. The RCP average poll, Bernie, 49.8%. Trump, 43.6%. Fox News. Oh, this is a good one. Fox News, Bernie... 48%, Trump, 39%. The day that Trump was watching that on Fox News, I don't know what happened to his KFC bucket, but something. Survey USA, Bernie, 50%, Trump, 43%. But on the whole list of all the polls, Bernie is ahead in most of them, ahead of Biden, ahead of all of them. Bernie can't win? No, you know what? Next time you hear a pundit say that on TV, Bernie can't win, what they're really saying is, we don't want Bernie to win. We don't want Bernie. Of course you don't want Bernie to win. Why don't you want Bernie to win? Why not? What's the worst thing that could happen if Bernie were president? Um, you get sick and you don't lose your home. What is the worst? You're making $7.25 an hour now, and halfway through Bernie's first term, you're making $15 plus dollars an hour. That's the worst that's going to happen. Now, we all know what the worst is going to happen when Bernie's elected. The worst that's going to happen is that the rich are going to have to start paying their taxes. That's what's going to happen. And that's the worst thing. And that's why they say, Bernie can't win. Bernie can't win. That's, you got to change the tone. It's not that Bernie can't win. They're actually saying, Bernie, Bernie can't win. Bernie can't win. Please, no. 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 <laughs> Trump's way or Bernie way? Trump's way. Full of bile and garbage, and lies, and cruelty. Bernie's way, full of love and compassion. Let's hear it. Love, love, and compassion. Love, and compassion. Love, and compassion. That's the way it's going to be starting next January of 2021.
thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming out. This is incredible. And now, I want to bring out on the stage the co-chair, one of the national co-chairs of Bernie's Bernie for President campaign. She is a state senator from the state of Ohio. You know her. You love her. Miss Nina Turner! Hotter than a fantasy Lonely like a highway She's living in a world and it's on fire Filled with catastrophe Wait, they cut the music! This girl is on fire. Y'all didn't need to cue that up a little bit. <laughs> oh my God, Iowa. So good to be back here with you. And I want to thank Brother Michael for bringing the noise. Come on, somebody. Now he laid it out. There are two ways of doing this thing. Well, I want to quote... Booker T. Washington, who once said, there are two ways of exerting one's strength. One is by pushing down. The other is by pulling up. We are pull-up kind of people. Hello, somebody. Can a sister recognize just for a moment that this is the first day of Black History Month in 2020? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on. And on this day, on February the 1st, in Greensboro, North Carolina, some brothers had the courage to sit down at a counter at Woolworths, demanding full equality and respect and dignity for African-American people. The struggle of African-American people are rooted in a liberation struggle, and we find ourselves in 2020, the rainbow mosaic of humanity united for liberation. Hello, somebody. Can I just pause and give a shout out to some high school students from my home state? Is that all right? Wadsworth High School, where you at, baby? Where you at, baby? I had to pause for that. Shout out them young people. Now, Iowa, it's all on you. And only all that we love is on the line. That's all, nothing big. Just all that we love. So those of us who care about Mother Earth is on the line. Those of us who understand that we must reconcile ourselves and commit ourselves to doing a new thing for this moment in time, that people in this nation, we cannot judge the success of this nation based on how Wall Street is doing. Wall Street is fine, but Main Street is catching hell. Hello, somebody. But isn't it fabulous, isn't it wonderful to have a true champion for justice who has already said to Wall Street, I'm coming for your greed. Pharmaceutical industry, I'm coming for your greed. Fossil fuel industry, I'm coming for your greed. And to the oligarchs of this nation, you will no longer be able to have all the voice because a conscious-minded people power movement is taking over. Hello, somebody. So, Iowa, it's all on you. 
And so, you know, some of these folks, they got a castle view. And Dr. Cornell West and I talk about this all the time. See, we need leaders who don't just see things from the castle looking down on the streets. We need a leader who has a street view and his name is Bernard Sanders. Hello, somebody. A street view. It's that same street view that caused him to lead core when he was a student at the University of Chicago. It is that same street view that when he was mayor of Burlington, he stood up. It is that same street view that we can hashtag roll the tape, roll the receipts that we see decade after decade after decade after decade where Senator Bernard Sanders has been standing and it has been for justice. Hello, somebody. We don't have time to play games anymore. Far too many people are suffering. So the folks who say that we cannot have Medicare for all, they must be set with their health care. If you are among the 80 million people, almost 90 million of our sisters and brothers in this nation who are underinsured or uninsured, and if you are blessed enough to have a job, your employer can change your plan anytime they want to. But the folks who declare that we don't need Medicare for all or we can't have Medicare for all, well, those things may seem radical to them, but for those of us in need, it's right on time. If you suffer at the mercy of climate chaos, Hello, Iowa, you know something about that. Hello, South Carolina, you know something about that. North Carolina, you know something about that. The Gulf states, you know something about that. So for all the people who criticize how much of an investment that Senator Sanders is determined to put in the Green New Deal, see, for those of us who give a damn about the environment, it's not radical, it's right on time. Right on time, baby. And then when we look at a system of injustice, and I need you to follow me, Iowa, because it's not only black folks who should care about the injustices in this system or brown folks who should care about the injustices of the system or indigenous people who should care about the injustices of the system. We all should care about injustice in the United States of America. So legalizing marijuana, hello somebody. Expunging records, hello somebody. And guaranteeing that the people who are the hardest hit, i.e. the African American community, can then reap the benefits of making sure that we turn injustice into justice. Hello somebody. And we can't play games with it. So the agenda, our agenda, the senator always talks about that this is not about me, it is about us. His agenda, our agenda, it's not radical, baby, it's right on time. So for these same folks who say that it cannot be done, they need to get out of the way and let those of us who can do it, get it done. Hello. So Iowa, we need you to come through. 
We need you to go caucus. We need you to bring some folks with you to caucus. And we are going to show the elites in this country how it is done in the streets. Hello, somebody. Oh, no, we're going to get this done. We're going to do it for ourselves and for generations yet unborn. Not radical, but right on time. And the people who don't understand this, that's okay. We're going to stand up for them, too. So Senator Bernard Sanders may be 78 years old, but baby, we about to make him 46. Hello, somebody. Come on, somebody. Oh, no. Oh, no. We about to make him 46. Come on, somebody. We, we going to do this. And I want you to imagine a place where the next president of the United States of America does not answer to the multi-millionaires and billionaire class, his only special interest is you and 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 you. Now I want, I'm gonna tell you something, I want for you what I want for my own family. I want for your community what I want for my community. I want for your state what I want for my state. I want for our nation, for other people all around this world, what we want for our nation. And that is love, that is justice, that is humanity, baby. And that is going to happen when we elect Senator Sanders. So we can't do it alone. Now we gotta put some sweat equity on this thing and we have to be dedicated and committed. And don't get caught up by the elites or the talking heads. Let them talk that talk, baby. We gonna walk the walk and we can show them, you know, better than we can tell them that a revolution, that change is going to come. And that even when Senator Sanders is elected the next president of these United States of America, we're still going to have to take it to the streets. Street justice. A kind of movement that says that everybody matters. A kind of movement that understands that the workaday people of this nation deserve to live a good life. And that is what Senator Sanders has said to us time and time again, that you deserve better than what you have been getting. And we must dream a better dream and actualize a different journey. And that journey can start. But we must be willing to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because when Senator Sanders does become the president, Wall Street is not automatically going to say, you know what, President Bernard Sanders, you were right. We are greedy as hell. <laughs> the pharmaceutical industry is not all of a sudden going to say, you know what, you are so right. We've been ripping off the American people. The fossil fuel industry is not going to all of a sudden say, you know what, you are so right. We have been ruining Mother Earth and we need to do a better job. No, they're never going to say that. But when ordinary people put a little extra on their ordinary, extraordinary things do happen and we are those ordinary people. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. We can do this. 
We must do this. Helen Keller once said these words. She said, alone, we can do very little. Together, we can do so much. This is our journey. So three things, sisters and brothers. Number one, that I believe that the great creator of this universe has given us two hands, one to reach forward and one to reach back, lifting as we climb. We are our sisters and our brothers' keepers. Number two, and most importantly, we can't ask other folks to do more for us than we are willing to do for ourselves. And lastly, in the words of my southern grandmama, Grandma could not read or write, but sisters, she could count her money. She kept her money in the Southern Ladies Bank and Trust with a handkerchief. When I asked my grandmother, what does it take to be successful in life? She said, my dear granddaughter, all you need are the three bones, the wishbone, the jawbone, and the backbone. She said, the wishbone will keep you hoping and praying because hope, 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 hope is the motivator, but the dream is the driver. The reason why we do what we do each and every day is because we hope and believe that tomorrow will be better than today. She said, the jawbone will give you courage to speak truth to power, to lift your voice. You see, titles are good, but purpose is better. And then she said, the most important bone of them all the super catch of fragilistic expialidocious bone is the backbone because the backbone will keep us standing through all of our trials and our tribulations. And in this life, sisters and brothers, we're going to go through some stuff, but we cannot have a testimony without a test. And we are being tested, Iowa, to determine whether we have courage enough. We are being tested, Iowa, to determine whether or not we have conviction enough. We are being tested, Iowa, to see if we have call enough to do what is right in our time together. The rainbow mosaic of humanity. Come on, somebody. We're going to do this. We're going to take my grandmother's three bones. So Cedar Rapids, raise one hand for yourself and one hand for somebody else. It was the great Dr. Maya Angelou who once said, have the courage to stand up for yourself and the courage to stand up for somebody else. With these hands, we will have Medicare for all. With these hands, we will have college for all. With these hands, baby, we will have. With these hands, baby. With these hands, we will have college for all. With these hands, we will have Medicare for all. With these hands, we will cancel student debt. With these hands, we will save Mother Earth. And with these hands, we will make Senator Bernard Sanders. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. With these hands, we will make Senator Bernie Sanders the 46th president of the United States of America. Hello, somebody. Yeah, baby.
Please welcome to the stage Cedar Rapids local Stacy Walker. How we doing? Iowa, how we doing? Iowa, how we doing? Oh, yes. Let's give it up for the sister Nina Turner. Oh, she was preaching. She was preaching. Iowa, we are 48 hours away from making history. From signaling to the rest of the world that the progressive movement is alive, it is strong. We are going to win Iowa. We are going to win the rest of the states. We are going to win the White House and change this country for the better. Come on, y'all. Let me feel it. Oh, I'm loving the energy here. I'm loving the energy here. Let me tell you this. What I have been most impressed with the Bernie Sanders movement is the fact that he has brought together one of the most diverse coalitions in American political history. And you all are a big part of that reason. You all have decided to come together no matter your skin color, no matter your sexual orientation, no matter what God you pray to, to be a part of something much, much bigger. And that is this progressive movement. And I want to thank you. I want to thank our volunteers. I want to thank everybody who has opened this movement up to everybody else to give them a chance at actually finally experiencing the American dream. My thanks to you. So it's always an honor and a pleasure and a privilege to do these events with the good Senator Bernie Sanders, because selfishly, Senator Sanders has some of the coolest people in the world supporting him. Oh, man. Oh, I love it. And I got a special surprise for you. So if you will indulge me for another couple minutes here, I've got some folks I think you're going to want to hear from. One of the beautiful things about Senator Sanders is he has attracted some of the most brilliant minds, some of the most passionate voices for justice, for freedom, for liberty, for equality. And they are all here in Iowa today, baby. They are all here in Iowa today. So I was just hanging out backstage with some pretty cool folks. And when I bring them to the stage, you're already standing on your feet. I need y'all to go crazy. I need y'all to go crazy. We got some of the coolest cats in American politics, and we are lucky to have a conversation with three of the progressive rock stars leading this movement. So ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for representatives Pramila Jayapal, Mark Pokan, and Ilhan Omar. How do you like that energy? They look beautiful. <laughs> Welcome back to the great state of Iowa. So we're going to have a little bit of conversation with these three progressive rock stars. And I'm going to kick this one off with Representative Jayapal.
So you were born in India, you spent some of your life there, but you also were raised in Indonesia and Singapore. You came, you came to America at the age of 16 to attend college at the only school I was denied acceptance to, <laughs> Georgetown University, but that's okay. I did get into the University of Iowa. <laughs> you went on to receive your MBA from Northwestern University, and just a few years ago, I'm never going to get through the question. They, they just, this is great. Just a few years ago, you were elected to the United States House of Representatives. Your story, your story is amazing. Now, you've told me before what brought you to this movement and why you're supporting Senator Sanders, but if you could, in your own words, just share with the folks here why you decided to endorse Senator Sanders. Well, hello, Iowa. <laughs> Are you ready for less than 48 hours? <laughs> Are we going to elect Bernie Sanders as the winner of the Iowa caucuses? Listen, it's a great privilege to be here, and uh, if I was on the board of the Georgetown Admissions, I would accept this man. <laughs> um, I am supporting Bernie Sanders because there is no truer voice, no more prophetic voice, no more steadfast voice, no more working people's champion's voice than Bernie Sanders. And it isn't just that he has been fighting for a very long time. You know, Mark and I co-chair the Progressive Caucus in Congress. But guess who was one of the co-founders of the Progressive Caucus in 1991? That's right, Bernie Sanders. Guess who was the chairperson of the Progressive Caucus from 1991 to 98? Guess who was fighting for a living wage in 1993? So his analysis of what is wrong with our system, his understanding that the guy in the White House today is both a symptom and a cause, that our country has been fashioned to serve the wealthiest few, the biggest corporations, the billionaires and the millionaires, instead of working people across this country. His analysis of the deeply institutionalized racism, sexism, and classism that is integrated into all of our systems is spot on. And therefore, his policy analysis, policy prescriptions of how we fix that by revolutionizing those institutions, by bringing about Medicare for all, for everybody in this country, making sure that we have free education for everybody in this country, making sure that we take on the fossil fuel companies so that we can save our people and our planet, especially, especially the black and brown folks across the country that are facing disproportionate burdens of climate change making sure that we have immigration reform that is humane and just. These, these policy prescriptions are big, and some call them bold, but I actually call them the policy prescriptions that people need to have a decent life. 
And so at the end of the day, what Bernie understands is not just that he's got a clarity of those positions, but also that we're not going to be able to implement that with just one guy in the White House. We are going to have to have a movement, and that movement is going to have to bring in more people across the country than ever before, that we are no longer going to go to the myth of the likely voter, but instead the truth of every voter. We are going to expand expand this movement and bring in young people and folks of color and everybody who is committed to a better America. And that president that is going to be able to do that is Senator Bernard Sanders. I could do this all day. Thank you for that. Now, you mentioned in your answer, um, healthcare for all. And you were the lead sponsor for the Medicare for All bill in the U.S. House of Representatives. And thank you for that. We know here in America, there are at least 30 million people who are either uninsured or underinsured. We know that we spend more money on health care than uh, most other industrialized uh, countries. And we have poor outcomes. We know that uh, people who do have health insurance, a lot of times it's still cost prohibitive. But Bernie Sanders seems to be the lone presidential candidate now fully backing a universal single-payer Medicare for All plan. Tell us why that's important. It's been an incredible privilege to lead the effort in the House with my colleagues here and the Progressive Caucus. And for the first time in the history of Congress, we have had not just one, not two, not three, but four hearings on Medicare for All in the House of Representatives last year. And why is that important? Just imagine this. In America today, people are making choices between paying rent, having a home, putting food on their table, and getting their insulin treatment or their cancer treatment. People are paying eight times as much for their insulin here in America than they do across the border in Canada. Half a million people every year file for bankruptcy because of medically related issues. And we are the richest country in the world. We spend an enormous amount of money on health care, and yet we have the highest maternal mortality, the highest infant mortality of all of our peer countries, and we have the worst life expectancy. So why is that? It's because the private insurance companies, the big pharmaceutical companies, have turned our system of health care, basic health, into a system that puts profits over patients. And what Medicare for All does is it says, we're going to flip that completely on its head. We are going to make sure that we have health care for everybody, everybody in and nobody out, no copays, no private insurance premiums, no deductibles. We are going to provide long-term care for everybody, including our seniors and our folks with disabilities, so that if you are going to be taken care of, you can be taken care of at home with the people that love you, your friends, your families, your communities. We are going to make sure that women across this country have access to reproductive care, to, to, to comprehensive vision, dental, 
and uh, hearing care. We want to make sure that people, when you get sick, you go to see the doctor. You don't wake up in the morning and say, I don't feel well, but I can't go see the doctor because it costs too much. I'm going to wait until I get so sick that I go to the emergency room. That is unacceptable for the richest country in the world. And the way that we are going to get Medicare for all is with Bernie Sanders as president and a movement across the country that gets it done. All right. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. I think they like you here. I think they like you. So talk about an incredible story. When you were elected to the People's House in 2018, you were the first Somali-American, the first naturalized citizen from Africa, and the first non-white woman ever elected from the great state of Minnesota. Now, with your help and support, Senator Sanders has built one of the most diverse coalitions in American political history. And after our current president-led chance of send her back in reference to you at one of his rallies, you were greeted at the Minneapolis airport by a diverse, multiracial, multigenerational crowd of Americans saying, welcome home, Ilhan. So I think most folks would agree we are at a turning point in our history. And so right now in this current movement, why is this progressive movement, which is being led by you and Senator Sanders and many others, why is this movement so important? And how does this movement remind us that being American means being in it together and that we're made strong as a nation, not because we're all the same, but because there is beauty in our diversity. Can you speak to that? Well, hello, everyone. How are you guys? First of all, I'm really excited to be uh, on this stage uh, with the co-chairs of, of the Progressive Caucus as their whip uh, to be uh, joining them and, and having this really important conversation about why we want President Sanders um, I am proud to represent uh, a state that not only welcomes uh, refugees, but sends one to Washington. <laughs> Racial fear has been a tool that has been used to divide up communities. Um, it's one that obstructs our ability to build community. Um, it's one uh, that has been a useful tool uh, to obstruct our ability to come together to collectively fight for a better America. When we are uh, in recognition that we are greater than fear, when we recognize um, that we are connected beyond our race, beyond our ethnicity, beyond our religion, uh, on the commonality of our humanity and the fight for a dignified life, we are very powerful people. And that power that is created by a multiracial, multigenerational working class is the power that is very threatening to corporations, it's very threatening to the wealthy, 
um, that benefit from stepping on the necks of working class people. Uh, and it's very threatening to the status quo. They know that once we are uh, in a fight to uplift one another, we are going to have a better America that obstructs their ability to exploit us. That, up that obstructs their ability to continue to create policies that benefit the few. That obstructs their ability to lead an unjust society. This powerful movement that we are building is one that allows for our society to recognize the strength of our diversity. We know that when I am in Washington fighting for Medicare for all, that is not going to be in the benefit of what some might say, like the Somalis that I represent, even though 70% of the people that elected me are white. It is not going to benefit, right, millennials, which I belong to, but it will benefit every single American, young and old. When we fight for Medicare for all, that it's not going to benefit just the people who are sick at the moment, but anybody else who could get sick or who just needs to make sure that they never risk getting sick. And so many of the policies that we fight for are not to create a preference. It's about creating fairness in the system so that we can equally access uh, a life that is just, prosperous, and dignified. Because that is what this country truly is about. And for every single progress the United States has made, there have been people who have fought aggressively against it. There have been people who have pushed our country to have regress, because the gains have been for people they deem undeserving. So take, for example, uh, the civil rights movement. As soon as there was more access for people to exercise their right to vote, we started to have some challenges uh, in who can have access to that vote. As soon as you got uh, the right for women to have complete autonomy to their body and their right to choose for themselves, we've seen, we've seen every state around the country start the process of limiting that access. And when it came to um, the, the access that was expanded for healthcare, we have seen every single uh, state mobilize against it. And so we know that when we fight today to get Bernie Sanders in, to be our president, that that fight doesn't end there. We have to make sure that we continue our mobilization in order to be able to implement 
many of the policies that, it, that is going to get us that better America because we know that people will fight him every single step of the way and it's going to take for us to fight harder than they can in order for us to have that America. Thank you for that. So on a move to Congressman Bocan, you've found incredible success in Congress since being elected in 2013. You occupy a position of leadership within the party and you currently serve as co-chair of the Progressive Caucus. Now, for years, we've heard from the consultant class, especially here in the Midwest, that progressive politics just don't work. That in order to get elected, we must water down our positions. We can't take any chances. We can't go big. We can't be ambitious. We're not supposed to dream. We've heard all this stuff. But in reality, we weren't having serious conversations about universal education or Medicare for all or a moonshot opportunity to save this planet until Bernie Sanders popularized these positions when he first ran for president and found that they were popular among the people. And so now we're talking about all these issues in this uh, Democratic primary right now. So my question to you is, how does challenging this conventional wisdom, this the status quo that Representative Omar mentioned, how does that help us build a better future for all people? And how do we demonstrate that we can win on these issues? Sure. Well, first off, hello, Iowa. How you doing? <laughs> Isn't it great that I get to work with two awesome coworkers like these? I could, I could never say that when my neighboring member of Congress was Paul Ryan. So it's nice to be able to say that today. Um, so, so let me answer it this way. There are a lot of uh, political pundits in the D.C. Beltway, in the um, well-connected and the special interest class that are trying to say that Bernie can't get elected president. Well, unfortunately, they're not reading the polls or talking to people right here in Cedar Rapids, right? <laughs> Let me tell you why I'm backing Bernie Sanders as a member of Congress from Wisconsin, one of the must-win states uh, looking at 2020. So uh, there's a lot of people say we should just be safe and um, just run the election in a very uninspiring way. For too many people, safe means stay away from the election. Uh, we've tried it in the past and it hasn't worked. We need to be big and bold and honest about the problems that this country is facing. And the good news is we have some really great solutions that the majority of people agree with us on how to solve them. Raising the minimum wage, making sure every person has health care, stopping endless wars, and so much more. And what Bernie Sanders has always done is take on those issues and be big and bold and aspirational. And here's what happened in 2016 in Wisconsin. Again, that must-win purple state that unfortunately gave Trump our electoral college votes by 23,000 votes. When Bernie ran in 2016 in the primary, he won 71 out of 72 counties in Wisconsin. 
And in that 72nd one, he got 48% of the vote. So uh, think about how diverse Wisconsin is, or for that matter, how diverse Iowa is. He got 73% of young voters like the people in this room. We don't win the 2020 election without young voters. He got 72% of independents, way too many, that voted for Donald Trump in 2016. He got a majority of women, a majority of union workers, a majority of every income class. When you do that, you win elections in places like Iowa and Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania and all the states that we need in order to win the White House. So I love wearing my button and my bumper sticker that says, Bernie beats Trump. Because the reality is, if you want to beat Donald Trump, you need to inspire the voters that he did in Wisconsin. If we do that, we are going to beat Donald Trump in November. Oh. I don't know, Representative, it sounds like you just made the most compelling case uh, for Bernie Sanders insofar as, I mean, these, and this is real, this is what I think a lot of people are overlooking. In the states that Democrats must win to win the Electoral College, Senator Sanders is outperforming everybody else. I mean, it's clear, and he has before. So thank you for that. All right, so we got to wrap up, but I'm going to let uh, our panelists uh, uh, get uh, one last thing to share with us. And, and here we are, together we are days away from the first electoral contest of this historic primary. And I want to just give a shout out to everybody who has put it all on the line and run for president. We've had some incredible women and men from all over this country. Can we give them a round of applause for all the other candidates who have run? So before you all leave this stage, give us your best advice or parting words to Iowans and all other people of goodwill who want to make this country better. We know that there is a lot at stake and that this election cycle is very important. Many folks here today, of course, are supporting Senator Bernie Sanders. Some folks may be on the fence. Some folks may have just come to hear Vampire Weekend. But everyone here surely is interested in a better America. So what do you want to leave Iowans with um, uh, as we head into the next 48 hours before the Iowa caucus? And we'll start with you, Congressman. Sure. First of all, how many of you are going to be going to the caucus on Monday night? All right, I saw a couple people who didn't say it. You gotta talk to your friends. Here's what we're asking. Between now and Monday, talk to every friend, family member, coworker, neighbor, study buddy, ex. All right, maybe not your exes, especially if they're in the plural. You can talk, you can talk, talk to your ex if to they're everybody caucus for And Bernie. make sure that they get out 6.30 at night Monday, you have to go to the caucus. Caucus for Bernie, if you do it, you're going to send him off for all the rest of the states. Will you commit to caucus on Monday night? Yeah. All right. All right. Representative Omar, any parting words as we head into caucus on Monday? All right, so many of us have probably been told that our dream was too big. Uh, to accomplish. Many of us have been told 
um, that the life we think we should have is out of reach. Many of us have been told um, too many things that we want are quite impossible. Um, but many of us have probably found success because we believed in ourselves when no one else believed in us. And because Bernie believed in himself and believed in the idea of better America, many of us are here today believing in him. And so I believe that we can win. 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 This is the chance I want you to take into the next 48 hours as you walk in your neighborhood, as you call, as you door knock. I want you to tell yourself you believe we can win and make sure you tell every single person you have a conversation with that we cannot, we not only can win Iowa, but we can win this country and we can take Bernie to the White House. Representative Jayapal, take us home. Okay, three, three things, three things. One, we are a community that believes in generosity and abundance over scarcity and fear. Two, nothing great in this country has ever been achieved by thinking small. We didn't end slavery by thinking small. We didn't get women the right to vote by thinking small. We didn't send a man to the moon by thinking small. And we are not going to win back our country by thinking small. We are bold and we are ready to fight for that. And three, three, it comes down to you, Iowa. What happens in Iowa does not stay in Iowa. If we win in Iowa, we go on to New Hampshire with momentum. We go on to Nevada. We go on to every state across the country. And Iowa is going to lead the way. So Iowa, let's win on Monday. All right. Let's hear it for these progressive rock stars. Thank you all so much for that inspired conversation. One more round of applause for the Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal, Ilhan Omar, Congressman Mark Pocan. Okay, so before I leave the stage, I have the great honor and privilege of introducing to you arguably one of the smartest brothers in the world. And I'm serious about that. This is a brother who went to Harvard at the age of 17, graduated at the top of his class, went to graduate school at Princeton University. He has co-authored over a dozen books. This man has even appeared in The Matrix. And he's got a beard just like me. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for my friend, my brother, the smartest man in America, Dr. Cornell West. Oh, I love, I love, I love, I love.
Ooh. Give it up for Dr. Wells. Brother Stacy, give it up for Brother Stacy. Thank you. Oh, thank Take you, thank away, you, thank you, my brother. Let the word go forth here and now. We're on the way to the White House. And we're going to win this time. And we're going to win because of you. We're going to win because those slash stone called ordinary people all around this nation are engaging in a moral and spiritual awakening. In any time, ordinary people straighten their backs up. They're going somewhere because folk can't ride your back unless it's bent. And we straightening up. And we want to say to the establishment that the genie is out of the bottle now. And you can't put it back. Because we on fire. We on fire for truth and the condition of truth is to allow suffering to speak. We on fire for justice and justice is what love looks like in public. So we say to the nation, get on the love train. Get on the love train. But what lies at the bottom of that train, the foundation, the pillars, the very grounds of it are integrity, honesty, decency, generosity, empathy, vision of a better society. We're not talking about greed. We're not talking about avarice. We're talking about hatred. We're talking about deep forms of compassion and love. You heard what Brother Michael was talking about. Brother Moore's right. And this is the moment. This is a very difficult moment because neo-fascism is escalating all around the world. And neo-fascism ain't nothing but a form of nihilism with the rule of big money and big military that tries to somehow scapegoat the most vulnerable so we can't come together in solidarity and confront the most powerful. That's what this campaign is about. And it's more than a campaign, it's a movement. And it's led by my dear brother, your dear brother, Bernie Sanders himself. Oh, let's just be honest about it. Now, Brother Bernie's not a god. He's a deity. He's a human being who was chosen to be an exemplar of integrity, an exemplar of longevity, an exemplar of what Jane Austen called constancy. He's morally consistent. People get upset, especially establishment. He seems to be saying the same thing. When you actually love working people, you hate the fact that they're being exploited. When you love people of color, you hate white supremacy. If you love women, you hate male supremacy. If you love gay brothers and lesbian sisters, you hate homophobia. If you love trans folk, you hate transphobia. That's what we're talking about. And here's my dear brother, my Jewish brother from the greatest borough in the world, Brooklyn, who makes his connection to Vermont and remains constant with the integrity, honesty, decency, and a concern for the least of these. Echoes really of Hebrew scripture, that hesed, that steadfast love, that loving kindness, that ties, focuses on the orphan, the widow, the fatherless, the motherless, the oppressed, the poor. I don't care where you are, no matter what color, no matter what sexual orientation, no matter what national identity, you are precious, you are priceless, which means that a life in Libya, in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, and Ethiopia, a life in Guatemala, 
a life in Haiti, a life in Puerto Rico, a life in Tel Aviv, a life in Gaza, a life anywhere on the globe has exactly the same value. Oh, what a great legacy. What a great tradition. And for the first time, unprecedented presidential campaign. Far beyond what happened in 1948 when a brother from Iowa State University who graduated in 1910 named Henry Wallace tried to do the same thing. We haven't had anything like it. And that's what Brother Bernie is all about. And that's why our coming together, rooted in our specificities, yes, we are different in terms of our different colors and our orientations and our classes and so forth. But we believe that working people and poor people ought to have a priority in the public policies in the nation. And that's what we believe. And you see, for me, it's a very personal thing because I come from a black people who have been hated for 400 years but taught the world so much about love and how to love. Oh, yes. It's not just Martin Luther King Jr., it's John Coltrane's Love Supreme. It's Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. It's Stevie Wonder's Love in the Need of Love. It's Nina Simone's Mississippi, goddamn. And it spills over that blue sensibility to Jewish brothers like Robert Zimmerman and Bob Dylan. Yes, he got a Nobel Prize. He's a blues man. He cares. He has a hyper sensitivity to people who are suffering. Oh, brother Bruce Springsteen, too. Yes. And Carol King, too. It's a human thing. And Vampire Weekend, too. That's the tradition we're talking about. And so, Iowa. You're going to send a message to the nation and the world. It's a new day in America. The spiritual catastrophe, ecological catastrophe, economic catastrophe, political catastrophe will be attended to with deep love. But when you love, you hate injustice. That's what we're here for. And we will win. Oh, yes, we will. Yes, we will. That we in our lives will be part of the afterlife of the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. It talked about racism, materialism, poverty. And militarism. The legacy of Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel. The legacy of Edward Zaid, the legacy of Dorothy Day, the legacy of Cesar Chavez. Never forget those who came before. We are building on the best of America. We're building on the best of America. And don't be afraid about democratic socialism. Forget about the ism. The greatest American philosopher, John Dewey, called himself a democratic socialist. Martin Luther King called him a democratic socialist. The greatest part of the 19th century in America, Walt Whitman, called himself a democratic socialist. Helen Keller called herself a democratic socialist. Albert Einstein called himself a democratic socialist. Do we have any fear of those brothers and sisters? No. So don't let fear divide us. Keep our eyes on the prize. And that's why... I hope you have a smile on your face the way I do. Because I've been waiting for this kind of movement for 50 years. 
50 years. Oh, yeah, when we talked about this way back in the 70s, they said, oh, grow up, Brother West. You're so naive and utopian. No, love never goes out of style. Justice never goes out of style. And now we are coming together around this particular platform led by my dear brother Bernie Sanders and we are going to stick together we're going to struggle together we're going to serve together we're going to sacrifice together and when we go to Milwaukee we are willing to throw down in the name of love and justice then beating Trump we're going to beat the gangster in the White House we're going to beat the gangster in the White House oh yes why we going to beat him? Because no lie can live forever. No manipulation and domination can live forever. And that's why I am so blessed to introduce to you not just the next first lady. She's an intellectual, a freedom fighter on her own terms alongside Bernie Sanders. I'm talking about my dear sister, the one and only James Sanders. Oh, my dear sister, love you, love you, love you. Oh, oh my gosh. Indeed. Hi, everyone. Oh, I, I'm thrilled to be here in Cedar Rapids. But to follow Cornell West, I mean, who did this? <laughs> He's wonderful, isn't he? <laughs> I'm so glad to be here with you and, and to introduce Bernie shortly. Uh, my son, Dave, and our two grandchildren, Ella and, Dave, and Dylan, are here somewhere uh, as well. And all our very close friends here. <laughs> so. I want to tell you a little bit about Bernie. I met him in 1981 when he was running for mayor and I was a, uh, a community organizer. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first time I heard him speak, I felt like he was speaking directly to me. I'd never met him, but what he was talking about, the ideas he espoused, were ones that I felt embodied everything I ever believed in. And now, 40 years later, I can tell you he still does. He's as honest as the day is long, and you can count on his consistency, as we all know. We can pretty much recite some of his speeches. Uh, but he's so consistent. And I think it's important for voters to know that about candidates now. It's not good enough to have somebody's speechwriter write something that sounds really good today. But it's important to say, who's the candidate who has a record that demonstrates that he will follow through and deliver once he is in the White House? Who's that candidate? And we trust him because of the moral clarity that he has demonstrated throughout his lifetime. That's, again, incredibly important right now. Donald Trump is the most dangerous president in modern history. And we need a nominee who is best positioned to defeat him. And the good news is, who's that? He's the safe candidate. We don't want to take a risk 
Bernie can beat Trump, right? <laughs> With Bernie, what you see is what you get, and that's a huge advantage. The best way to defeat Donald Trump and to fight lies and hatred and bigotry is with truth and love and compassion. Bernie is the candidate. Bernie's the candidate who Donald Trump will not be able to vilify as inauthentic or Now during this campaign, Bernie and I have traveled around the country, country. Uh, and around Iowa, talking to people and listening to their experiences, hearing about their hardships and learning about their dreams. It's no secret that we are a country at a crossroads right now with our unique diversity, our yearning for a better future, but also our sadness at a politics and economic system that's failing us. Our job now, all of us, is to reject thinking small in this great country. When we have the courage to think big, when we have the courage to stand up and fight for the promise of America, none of our, amb our ambitions seem out of reach. America went to the moon 50 years ago. Let's make justice, racial justice, social justice, economic justice, and environmental justice our moonshot of this time. Transformational change will take place if we stand together, united by a common purpose, a coherent vision, and a robust policy framework. And with President Bernie Sanders, with the bully pulpit, fighting for the promise of working people across this country, we will get this done. He, he's the president that we need, the kind who will not only make promises, but make change. The kind who will not only raise hopes, but will fulfill them. And the kind who will not only praise peace, but attain it. If we all stand together, we are on the verge of an historic victory that will transform this country. So my request to you is very simple. Keep door knocking, keep phone calling, keep texting. Get everybody you know out to caucus, have a party before, a party after, whatever. Make sure that you commit to take five, ten other people you know to go to the caucus and support Bernie Sanders. We're in this together and we can achieve lasting change for our country, not just for today, but for future generations. Let's do it. Now how about we do it to the music of Vampire Weekend? It is my distinct privilege and honor to introduce the next President of the United States, Bernie Sanders!
Cedar Rapids, thank you very much. You know, we have this campaign done dozens and dozens and dozens of meetings throughout the state. We have spoken to tens of thousands of people, but we have never had an event where we brought out 3,000 people. Cedar Rapids, thank you. Let me begin by thanking all of the surrogates who have spoken to you this evening. The reason we are going to win here in Iowa, the reason we're going to win the Democratic nomination is because we are a campaign of us, not me. And a big part of the us is the extraordinary quality of the surrogates that we have who are working hard here in Iowa and all across this country. So I want to thank a dear old friend of mine, Michael Moore, one of the great filmmakers in America. I want to thank that great band, Lissy, for their music. I want to thank a true American heroine, Senator Nina Turner. I want to thank one of the great political leaders here in the state of Iowa, Stacey Walker. I want to thank one of the bravest members of the United States Congress, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. I want to thank the co-chair of the House Progressive Caucus, the member of Congress who has introduced the House Medicare for All bill, Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal. Want to introduce the other co-chair of the House Progressive Caucus from Wisconsin, Congressman Mark Pocan. And I want to introduce a wonderful friend of mine who I've worked with for years, Dr. Cornell West, and thank him very much. And we are so proud to have one of the great bands in America with us tonight, Vampire Weekend. And last, but certainly not least, has been the love of my life. Someone who I have worked with for some 40 years, been married to for 31 years, my wife, Jane Sanders. Our campaign is about two fundamental issues. Number one, the absolute understanding that we must defeat the most dangerous president in the modern history of this country. (laughs) 
no matter what your politics may be. I think all of us understand that we cannot continue having a president who is a pathological liar, who has told thousands and thousands of lies since he has been president. We cannot have an administration which is corrupt. We cannot have an administration which thinks they are above the rule of law. We cannot have a president who clearly does not understand the Constitution of the United States of America and who does not understand the separation of powers. So with your help, we're not only going to win here in Iowa, not only going to win the Democratic nomination, but we are going to defeat this dangerous president. And the reason that we're going to defeat Trump is that we are the campaign that is going to bring about the largest voter turnout in American history. This is the campaign where the working class of America is going to stand up and say loud and clear, enough is enough. We are tired of the massive income and wealth inequality where working people are working longer hours for lower wages and almost all new income and wealth goes to the top 1%. That is going to change. We are tired of a corrupt political system in which billionaires are buying elections. That is going to change. And what working people all over this country are saying, how does it happen that three people on top own more wealth than the bottom half of America? How does it happen that in the richest country in the history of the world, half of our people are living paycheck to paycheck and a half a million Americans are homeless tonight? So brothers and sisters, we are going to create a government and an economy that works for all of us, not just the 1% and billionaire campaign contributors. And we're going to win this election because we have the strongest grassroots movement in modern American history. I am proud to tell you, I am so proud to tell you that here in Iowa, in the last month alone, our volunteers have knocked on 500,000 doors. And that's happening not just here in Iowa. Just talked to our director in New Hampshire. We knocked on tens of thousands of doors in New Hampshire this weekend. 
and it's happening in California, and it's happening all over this country. So we're going to win because we are the campaign of energy and excitement. We are the campaign that is talking to the pain and the heartache of the working class of this country. And people have been demanding an agenda that works for workers, not just the 1%. That's what this campaign is about. So what is that agenda? It's not complicated when you talk and think about a government that works for working people. First thing, in America, if you work 40 hours a week under our administration, you will not be living in poverty. We're going to raise that minimum wage to a living wage, 15 bucks an hour. I am tired of talking to people here in Iowa who are making 10, 11 bucks an hour. You cannot raise a family on 10 or 11 dollars an hour. Minimum wage is going way up. And you know what? Under our administration, there will be equal pay for equal work. Women will not continue making 80 cents on the dollar. Under our administration, working people will find it easier to join unions, not harder. We believe in the trade union movement, and I'm so proud to have the support of many, many unions around this country. And when we talk about the needs of working families, we understand that we have to change the priorities in America and put education at the top of the list. Not acceptable to me that we have a child care system which is dysfunctional and unaffordable. We will bring about universal, high-quality, affordable child care for every family in America. Instead of giving tax breaks to billionaires, we're going to triple funding for low-income Title I public schools in America. And because we believe in the importance of education, we value our educators. We want the best and the brightest young people to say with pride, I am going to be a teacher because that's one of the most important jobs in America. And we believe that no teacher in America the wealthiest country on earth should earn less than $60,000 a year. And when we talk about education, I want every child in America to know that if they study hard and do their schoolwork, 
that they will have the opportunity to get a higher education regardless of the income of their families. Because we will make public colleges and universities tuition free. And if Donald Trump and his friends can give a trillion dollars in tax breaks to large profitable corporations and the 1%, we can cancel all student debt in America. Let me tell you what else the political revolution is about. The political revolution says that we will end the international embarrassment of America being the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people as a human right. There is something blatantly crazy about a healthcare system in which we spend twice as much per person on healthcare as the people of any other country. And yet, after spending all of that money, 87 million of us are uninsured or underinsured. 30,000 people a year die because they don't have insurance and get to the doctor too late. We pay by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs because of the greed and corruption of the pharmaceutical industry. And 500,000 Americans, I want you to hear this to understand how cruel the current system is. 500,000 Americans every year go bankrupt because of medically related debt. How obscene is it that people who are struggling for their lives, battling cancer, battling heart illness, battling Alzheimer's, that's enough to worry about. You should not have to worry about going bankrupt because you have a serious illness. The function of a rational health care system is to guarantee health care to all people, not to make huge profits for the drug companies and the insurance companies. And tonight we tell the healthcare industry, which last year made a hundred billion dollars in profit. Tonight we tell them your time has come. We are, whether you like it or not, going to pass a Medicare for all single payer program. We have a president who embarrasses us almost every day. But on one issue, he is a danger not only to our country, but to people all over the world when Trump refuses to even recognize the reality of climate change.
So let me say very clearly, are you ready for a radical proposition? All right. I don't want anybody fainting, anybody collapsing. Here he comes. The Sanders administration will believe in science. Now, I know, I know in some circles that's a very radical idea, but hey, to heck with it. And on a serious note, if you believe in scientists, science and you listen to the scientists, you understand that what the scientists are now telling us is not just that climate change is real, of course. It's not just that it's created by human activity, of course. It's not just doing terrible damage to our country and the rest of the world. We all know that. What they are now telling us is they have underestimated the degree and severity in which climate change is taking place. They have underestimated the speed in which the polar ice caps are melting and the oceans are warming and the seas and the oceans are rising. They have underestimated the degree to which drought in Iowa and around the world will impact agriculture, underestimated the severity of extreme weather disturbances, underestimated the spread of disease because bacteria thrive in hot weather, underestimated the number of climate refugees that will be occurring when people live in communities where they can't find drinking water or have land to grow their crops. We are facing a global crisis, and those people who deny that reality are doing an extraordinary disservice to their own children and future generations. So tonight I am proud to tell you that working with the members of Congress who have been up here and many others, we have brought forth a climate change proposal based on the Green New Deal, which is the most comprehensive climate change proposal ever brought forth by any federal candidate in American history. What our proposal does is transform our energy system away from fossil fuel to energy efficiency and sustainable energy. And in the process, we create up to 20 million good-paying union jobs. And what our proposal says to the fossil fuel industry, your short-term profits are not more important than the future of this planet. So working together, working together, we're not only going to transform our energy system, but we have got to reach out to countries all over the world. Because as all of you know, climate change is not an American issue. It is a global issue. And instead of having a president who denies the reality of climate change, 
You will have a president who will reach out to China and Russia and India and Pakistan and Brazil, countries all over the world, and say, say that instead of spending $1.8 trillion every year on weapons of destruction designed to kill each other, let us pool our resources and fight our common enemy, which is climate change. And our campaign, when we talk about the needs of the working families of this country, we understand that the current criminal justice system needs fundamental reform because it is broken and it is racist. We cannot and must not maintain a system in which the United States has more people in jail than any other country on earth, including China, four times our size. We cannot maintain a system which imprisons people who disproportionately are African-American, Latino, and Native American. What we will do is invest in our young people in jobs and education, not more jails and more incarceration. We will end private prisons and detention centers. And we will end the destructive war on drugs. On my first day in office through executive order, we will legalize marijuana in every state in this country. And we will move forward to expunge the records of those arrested for possession of marijuana. And we will make certain that the legalized marijuana industry is not controlled by a handful of corporations, but that those people, the African-American community, the Latino community, the Native American community, those people who have suffered the most will get help in order to make money through a legalized marijuana industry. And when we talk about systems that must be reformed, we are going to bring fundamental reform to a broken immigration system. On our very first very busy day in office, we will reestablish the legal status of the 1.8 million young people eligible for the DACA program. Under our administration, 
babies will never be grabbed from the arms of their mothers by federal agents. Nor will children be locked up in cages. That's not what America is about. Under our administration, we will pass bipartisan, comprehensive immigration reform and a path towards citizenship for the undocumented. Now, whether you are a conservative or a progressive, a Democrat or Republican, an independent, whatever you may be, you are sickened when you turn on the TV and you learn about another mass shooting. And all over this country, people are saying, what is going on? How do we stop it? So let me just say this, that our gun safety legislation will be written by the American people, not the NRA. And that means universal background checks. It means ending the gun show loophole, ending the straw man provision, and finally ending the sale and distribution of assault weapons in this country. Now, as a United States Senator from Vermont, I'm on the floor of the Senate, often listening to speeches. And I often hear my conservative Republican colleagues talk about their mantra that they believe in small government, that they want to get government off the backs of the American people. And I say to those Republican senators, if you believe in getting the government off the backs of the American people, understand that it is women who have the right to control their bodies, not politicians. So my, my promise to you, we will codify Roe v. Wade, put it into legislation. We will significantly increase funding for Planned Parenthood. And I will never nominate somebody to the Supreme Court or the federal bench who is not 100% in favor of Roe v. Wade. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, this is the most consequential election in at least modern American history, maybe American history. And what is at stake here is whether we believe in democracy, one person, one vote, or we give another term to somebody who thinks as president he is above the law. 
who does not believe or understand the Constitution of the United States, who is running a corrupt administration, who believes that he can reach out to foreign governments to help him win re-election. This campaign and election is about whether we address the planetary crisis of climate change or we make it even worse. This election is about whether health care becomes available to all or whether we continue trying to throw millions of people off the health care they have. That is what this election is about. And on Monday night, in two days, here in Iowa, it all begins. If you look behind you, you see a whole lot of TV cameras. And they are not only from here in the United States, they're from all over the world. The whole world is looking at Iowa. The whole world is asking whether or not the people in Iowa are prepared to stand up and fight for justice. All over the world, people are watching to see if the people in Iowa are prepared to help create a government and an economy that works for all of us, not just the 1%. Yeah. All over the world, people are looking to Iowa to see whether we continue an administration which is attempting to divide our people up based on the color of our skin, or where we were born, or our sexual orientation, or our religion, or our agenda. Or whether we're going to have an administration that brings our people together, black and white and Latino, Native American, gay and straight. And it all begins in Iowa in two nights. So tonight, I am here to ask you, very humbly, for your support on caucus night. I am here to ask you not only to come out, but to bring your friends and family, co-workers, students, because this is the political reality of the moment. This is what I believe. We are taking on the entire political establishment, both the Republican establishment and the Democratic establishment. We are taking on Wall Street and the insurance companies and the drug companies and the fossil fuel industry and the military industrial complex and the prison industrial complex and the whole damn 
Other than that, other than that, we're not taking on much. We're taking them all on. And here on Monday night in Iowa, this is what I believe. If there is a low voter turnout, if people, working people, young people, people who believe in justice say, well, you know, it's a good TV show on, or I got something else to do, I'm going to stay home. If there is a low voter turnout, let me be very frank, we're going to lose. But if there is a high voter turnout, we're going to win. So tonight, I am here to ask you to make certain that on Monday night, we have the highest voter turnout for an Iowa caucus in the history of the state. Let us go forward together. Let us defeat Donald Trump. Let us transform this country. Thank you all very much.